You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 310 with Britt Baker. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Well, hello, everyone. I'm super excited for today's episode with Britt, and we are going to be talking about money. And I don't know about you, but you know, prices are jumping, inflation is happening, and you might feel a little bit discouraged with paying more for what you used to get for less, right? And for those of us that have big dreams and goals and that we wanted to go after, it can feel a little bit challenging of how are we saving for those goals now? Because now we have to use that money towards groceries or gas or whatever it may be, that money that we might've wanted to set aside for those goals. So we're gonna talk about that today uh, with Britt. We're also gonna talk about our values, figuring out what are our values in regards to spending, It's so easy to just spend money on whatever pops up, impulsive buys, all that kind of stuff. And I want to talk about values and how do you figure that out so that when you're out and about, when you can think about, do I really want this? And you think about what do I value? Does If it lines up with that, right? If it's in alignment with that, then you know, okay, it's not really kind of falling into the values that I have. So maybe I should pass this by and save my money. So that's really awesome. And then another thing that she talks about is something that she did uh, as a child that her dad had set up. And I think it's really fun. And it's a way to kind of invest your money as a child. So you may find this fun to do, and you may, uh, you know, instill this into your kids and do this fun tradition. So I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Brett, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Okay. So I like to um, ask icebreakers, um, for my guests. And I love to leave the listeners a little bit more inspired after listening to this show. So my question is, what is one thing that you wish you could have told your younger self? Oh, you know, I wish I could have told my younger self every day. It's all going to be okay. (laughs) It's all going to work out. I'm one of those people who has anxiety about the future. I don't know if you can relate. Um, and so just kind of that comfort and knowing yeah. that, you know, everything's going to be okay. When do you feel like you notice that the most? Like, w- like what age? Mm, probably like uh, angsty high school, college, mm, yeah. as you're figuring out your future. Yes. Yeah, I agree. You know, it is interesting. Like when I ask this question, it's very similar. Like people will say, um, I wouldn't worry so much that I actually know the <laughs> answers, you know, it's, it's, it's just fascinating mm-hmm. to hear, right? Like, and I think as you get older, you feel more confident in that, right? When you look back, you're like, I can see why that was harder for me. And, you know, it just takes age and wisdom mm-hmm. and living and experiences, right. To kind of give you, um, that confidence and whatever it may be. So that's why I just love asking that question because, um, you know, people could still be feeling that way. And it's just, it's just good to know too, that people aren't alone. Cause I think a lot of times, especially with social media, it's very easy to think that everybody has it together and you don't realize the struggles that people are having. And so then it can feel uh-huh. very isolating. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other thing I would say is yeah. that don't be afraid to be yourself. I think oh, yeah. it's so much of, of high school or even middle school is about conforming to yes. to the norm, to what everyone yep. else is doing. And really that that's the chance to find your own identity and, and be different. Yes. I have a new middle schooler and that is a whole different ballgame. Mm. I mean, it's, 
It's a lot. Like I, I, I've done, I've done some episodes recently that are going to be airing and I'm talking about, uh, teenagers, preteens, all that. Uh, I kind of was thinking about, was she going to be ready? I, I didn't really think about, was I going to be ready? And, and I don't mean mm-hmm. like, was I ready for her to do it? But I think just watching her experience it and then also not trying to jump in and being like, Oh, let me save you because I know how like either uncomfortable, how difficult, how challenging it is. And so it's funny that you say that about middle school, because I can see, I can see it through like a different set of eyes because it's not me. It's, it's watching her and and it's definitely a learning curve in, in many different ways. So I do think that's so important. Um, I was just listening to, um, Oh, I'm trying to think where it was. I think it was actually uh, our church sermon last week. And they were talking about um, a nurse who works uh, with the dying. So at the very end of their life, it's usually a month left. Um, and one of the biggest res- regrets were that she found is that people weren't themselves. And that is one of their biggest mm-hmm. regrets on their deathbed. And so um, mm-hmm. I just thought that, you know, it is so true because you're trying to either make everyone happy or you're doing things for other people, and then you kind of lose yourself in that shuffle. Absolutely. All right. Well, we can probably keep talking about this, but I'm like, well, <laughs> we probably should move on. So we got a lot of topics. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So how about you tell us your full name and where you live? Absolutely. I'm Britt Williams Baker and I live in Northern California, just North of San Francisco. Oh, awesome. Okay. So Britt, how about you share with us how you got to where you are today? And then we will jump into the interview. Yeah, let's see how I got to where I'm today. That's a big question. Um, one thing I'll start with. So as you know, I, I teach women personal finance and financial literacy online. And the reason that I got here is because I, I was lucky. I had parents and grandparents who taught me about money from a really young age. Uh, I started investing when I was eight years old. I invested in the stock market when I was in college and this was always taught kind of the, the principles, the value of a dollar, importance of saving money from a really young age. And I know that not everyone gets that. So it was kind of my mission in life to give people the education that we didn't get in high school or from our, in, from our families. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about how, you know, you were talking about investing as a child. So can you explain a little bit more what that looks like? Because I think, you know, people try to figure out like, what is the best way to teach kids about money, you know, allowance and then budgeting and all that kind of (laughs) stuff, right? Like you're just like, oh, you don't want to overwhelm them too much. So what is your thoughts on that with your experience? Right. Yeah. You have to do it in little bite-sized pieces. And we actually are developing a course on how to teach kids about money. So stay tuned. I love it. Um, But what my parents did, so we had a a super small allowance. It was, you know, this was back in the gosh, nineties and it was $2 a week uh, when I was a kid and it was for doing chores. So it really taught, taught us the, you know, that money comes from work. Uh, And then they offered us what was called the daddy bank. And we had the option to, you know, quote unquote, invest our money into the daddy bank. And what that meant was we'd give my dad our allowance if we wanted to save it. And we'd enter it in this little ledger, this little notebook. And the upside of the daddy bank is that we got a 5% monthly compound interest. But the catch was we had to do the math ourselves. And so, you know, I'm eight years old and I'm calculating, I'm multiplying dollar amounts by percentages, learning multiplication, doing math. 
And then also learning the value of compound interest. And Mm. so I would see that balance increase month over month as I kept adding to my savings, you know, birthday money I would put into the daddy bank. And I saw that the more I saved, the more that money grew without me doing anything. And that's how you really, you know, I learned the idea of passive income at a pretty young age. I love that. Like just the concept of seeing your money grow without adding more. I mean, that that had to be pretty fascinating. (laughs) Did you get that at eight? Did it take some time for you to kind of get it? Or were you like, whoa, like there is more money and I didn't put anything in it? (laughs) Yeah, I got it as soon as I saw the numbers start to build. Mm. So, you know, when it was small amounts, it didn't happen as much. But when I'd get like, you know, a birthday check for $10 and I'd put it in and then see that grow, that's when it really, uh, I started to notice it. Okay. And so did he keep that like in a separate account? Like how did, or did he just have it cash and was like doing that in cash? Like how did he do that? Yeah. It was just a notebook. Oh yeah. Um, The notebook. Okay. And Mm -hmm. so the notebook captured like my balance and he, I I would give him my allowance in cash or the check. Um, and the, but the notebook was really the record of it. And so if I wanted to, you know, buy a toy and take money out of the daddy bank, I would say like, dad, I'd like to make a withdrawal. And then I would do the subtraction in the daddy bank and he would give me money. And did you find that you left your money in for a long time? Like, or did you pull it out then add more money in? Like, what did that look like for you? Yeah. So it stopped. There was a certain age at which they were like, all right, the compound interest ends at, I think it was like 13 or 15 years old. Mm -hmm. So it it didn't last last forever. forever. Okay. So you really, you're incentivized to take advantage of it while you could. I wonder what, why they, did they think like maybe you could work, especially if it was 15, you're like, you can work. So you need to go make money and we're not compound doing your money. anymore. (laughs) Like this doesn't work for us anymore when the numbers get too big. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. The good to know that there should be a cap or you may go poor. (laughs) Absolutely. And I did a whole, I have a whole YouTube video on this where I kind of go into more of the details. So it's on our, on our YouTube channel. Okay. Yeah. And we'll talk about that at the end. You can direct people to that. Um, One of the main reasons that I wanted to have you come on is just to talk about, you know, money. And I feel like with inflation, it, I feel like it's really kind of getting people down, you know, I'm around Mm -hmm. a lot of moms and um, it's just like, you just hear like, like tidbits, like here and there that like, oh, this is up. The electric bill's going up or the water's going up, but not, but maybe you're not spending more. I know for us, we generally go to the same place for fall break every year. And, um, one less day is $200 more. So for the same place that we always go to. And so mm-hmm. it's because they, ra- everybody raised the rates in that condo, um, in that building that they rent the condos. And so it's not even $200 more for the same amount of time. It's $200 mm-hmm. more for one less day. And so, you know, it, it can be easy to feel frustrated and just be like, how am I going to hit my goals? Like, what am I going to do? Everything's going up. The groceries are going up. And so you're getting mm-hmm. less for what you're used to getting. And so um, what is your thoughts with, with this, especially when you've gotten accustomed to something and then you're trying to figure out how to best navigate this? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first, I just want to uh, empathize because it's just brutal. You know, it, just, it feels so unfair <laughs> to you know be wanting to get the same thing. And all of a sudden, it's like one and a half times the price. Um, So it's inflation can just it feels horrible. And, you know, for most people, they're making the same amount of money. And so, you know, when the same amount of money is coming in and then they're spending more on the same things that they need, 
it either means they're saving less each month or they're going right. into debt. Yep. And you know, neither of those is optimal for creating your financial future. Um, yeah. And inflation, I mean, the, if we were trying to look at the upsides of it, it's, you know, interest rates are also increasing at the same time. And so that can be better for money that you have in savings. Uh, but on the, on the whole, it's mostly a negative feeling and a yeah. negative impact to our financial lives. Yeah. So, you know, what can you do about it? You know, the first thing would be to just really take a look at your expenses. And we can talk about this more. It's what we teach at Dow Jane's is called values aligned spending. So it's really getting clear on what your values are and what you're spending on. And are those in alignment? Are the, are there things that you've just kind of bought out of habit or have kind of consumption patterns that are, you've just gotten used to without really questioning them or thinking about alternatives. And this can be during times of high inflation, this can be a great time to really check in on what you're spending money on on a regular basis and deciding if you want to keep doing that or not. Do you feel like you can achieve so much in life, but your weight loss? Maybe you feel like you're stuck and you want to leave counting calories and dieting behind, or maybe you find yourself spending so much energy thinking about how to lose weight, what to eat, and even can you keep this off if you get to goal? I know for me, that was the case before 2019 when I lost over 50 pounds and I kept it off. And I want to help you lose weight the way that I did it. I want to help you figure out why is the weight a symptom for something else going on in your life? Because did you know that the weight gain is not usually based off of hunger issues? It's usually because you're not fulfilled in other areas of your life. So we go for food because it's a quick dopamine hit or a quick fix. So if you want to figure out how to live life without worrying about going to a party or going on vacation or staying in other people's homes without gaining weight, then this session is for you. How it works is you jump on a 30-minute coaching session with me. We come up with a plan right then and there so you can implement it the moment we get off our Zoom call. If you decide that you want to work that plan with me and have that weekly accountability for several months and dive deep to figure out what is really holding you back, we can do that too. But there is no pressure to do that. If you just want to jump on and chat with me and get your plan, that is a-okay. These mini coaching sessions are my way to give back to you guys. So I hope you take advantage of it. So if you're interested in more details, you can DM me at mominspiredliving. Or if you know this is something you really have been wanting to do, but you've just been sitting on the fence, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching and grab a day and time that works for you. If you can't find a day or time that works for you, you can email me at amber at mominspiredshow.com or message me at mominspiredliving, whatever works best for you. This will all be in the show notes so that if you forget what I just said, go to the show notes and you'll get all that information. I can't wait to chat. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, exactly. I think we have to start becoming really intentional on what do you want to spend money on? And before, you know, you can maybe get away with that, not really thinking about it so much. And you're like, oh, get a coffee here, go out to eat here, get clothes that maybe you don't absolutely love, but you're like, you know, I saw it and it's cute. Right. And so, um, you know, I think there's options, like we were talking about this before we were recording, but, um, you know, you, we can make more money, but some people may be like, yeah, but if I have a fixed income or, you know, how do I go about doing that? That may be easier said than done. What is your thoughts on that? Yeah. So if, if you can't increase your income and we'll talk about that in a moment, that's where you really have to look at your expenses and, you know, ask yourself one thing we do at Dow Jane's is really think about the future you're trying to create. Why are you trying to save money? Is it to buy a home or buy a second home? 
Uh, is it so that you can send your kids to college? Like, what is that big future goal? Because when you have a reason for wanting to save money, it makes it a lot easier to then you know limit your expenses in the for the sake of that goal. And then should we can we talk about increasing yep. your income? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other kind of easier way, if you look at this as a simple math problem, you have money coming in and you have money going out for your expenses, and the remainder is what you have saved. And when the amount that you're spending on expenses is going up, you either address that, which we've just been talking about, kind of looking at ways you can limit that, or you increase your income. And the ways to increase your income, you know, in a time like this, it's it's a little bit tough to be asking for a raise as you know companies are doing layoffs. Um, and so you want to think about asking for a raise as more of a long-term game. So really thinking about the value that you're contributing to the company, to the business where you work, really proving your value, showing your, demonstrating your value to the company in this process of asking for a raise and expect that it might be over a longer time period or based on certain performance metrics. Uh, but you know, start that conversation with your manager or your boss early and then check in, have check-ins where you um, are, you know, maybe you have an agreement that if we hit this metric or if I do this level of performance, then I'll be getting this much of a raise. We have, we have guidance of a whole negotiation section in our program in Dow Jane's where we teach people how to have these conversations step-by-step with scripts and everything. But that's kind of the abbreviated version. Mm, yeah, I love it. The other way, if you you know don't work for the formal company or don't have the option to ask for a raise, is to work on your side hustles. And the benefit of you know starting a side hustle in an inflationary period is you can charge higher prices for whatever you're offering. Mm. Um, whether that's you know if you're you know selling goods or offering a service, it's you know people are used to higher prices in this moment in time, and so you might get more than you thought you would have per hour for this sort of work. Uh, we do have a whole program called the thousand dollar month, which is how to increase your income by a thousand dollars a month, even if you're short on time, energy, or ideas. And it just walks people through the process of, you know, uh, in inventory, what your assets are, what do you have to offer? What are your skills? What do you, what could you do as a side hustle? And then we have a long list of about a hundred different ways that you can increase your income uh, each month, because that's, you know, really the easiest way to feel a little bit more comfortable each month when your expenses are going up is to have more income to deal with those expenses. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that people are probably having to think a little bit outside of the box and, you know, doing side jobs or even getting a part-time job. Or I love the the thought of, you know, how do you go about asking for a raise and knowing that it may not just happen right away, but down the line. Um, is there anything <laughs> else that you wanted to mention on that before we moved forward? Yeah, you know, one of the things that my grandmother always said to me when I was a kid was if you're if you're making money, you're not spending it. So oh, you know, that's if you're at work, if yeah. you're at work, you're not out shopping or I see. eating that's out funny. or whatever it is. Yeah. And so just remembering that even if you're not earning that much, it is, you know, it is your it's likely a positive impact on your financial financial situation. I love it. Uh, that is that is true. You know, if you are busy, then you're not busy like shopping on Amazon or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, like spend your energy there, right? Like making the money. Okay. Yeah. So one of the topics that I want to talk about, and this ties into it, especially when we're uh, mentioning being intentional with our spending now that 
we don't have as much money to spend because things are costing more money is trying to figure out our values and where do we want to put the money? So I'm curious, like how you would walk us through trying to figure out how do we go about figuring out, figuring out our values so that we know that we're putting money in the places that we will really appreciate it and not just, you know, throwing it here and there and then regretting it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love this. This is something we talk a lot about in our program, call it values aligned spending. And so the first, uh, exactly as you said, the first step is to figure out what your values are, inventory your own personal values. And the way you can do this, there's kind of two ways. One is just, you know, pie in the sky, like what, just thinking about the things that matter to you, you know, is it time with family? Is it experiences? Is it having, you know, high quality things? Like what, what really matters to you in life? So you can either you know pull them out of thin air and come up with a, a list of your values and try to get it down to like your five top values. The other way is to do more of a reflection exercise and think about, you know, how have you been spending money? And when has that felt uh, either felt really in alignment or felt really positive to you? So um, let's see if I can come up with an example. Okay. Uh, let's see. And I think we're going to talk about this in a moment, but I spent yeah. uh, time yeah. in Costa Rica. And so I, you know, I really thought about what matters to me and the sense of, you know, adventure and freedom. And um, I, I don't need luxury at all. <laughs> I more need the adventure and the freedom. And so I really thought through what are the components of the trip that I want to spend money mm-hmm. on and what are the parts that I don't care about at all. And so really prioritizing those, those values as you think about spending and budgeting. Yeah. Okay. So you, let's go back. So you went to Costa Rica and what made you pick, let's just walk through that a little bit. So then it can help people. I think when someone explains how they went about figuring it out, they can kind of be like, maybe that's not what they want to do, but they can apply it to whatever their situation or what they want. So um, you know that you don't want, you don't need luxuries. You want the adventure, you want the freedom. Now, how did you figure out that you wanted to go for a month? Was it based on just, okay, this is how much I can afford. Or were you just like, I can't be gone longer than a month. <laughs> or both. Um, it was, yeah, it was based on, I couldn't really be gone longer than a month. Okay. Got uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good because that plays into it because right, a lot of people, if they're working for corporate jobs, they may not be able to even get away, even if they did have the money. Um, okay. So what made you pick Costa Rica? <laughs> well, the answer to this is um, not really based on a process. I was uh, speaking with an astrologer. <laughs> oh, interesting. And- uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mentioned I was um, planning to go uh, take a surf trip and I was thinking about Sri Lanka and she said, you're going to Costa Rica. And it was just super clear. She kind of saw it in my chart, knew that the, I don't know if you're into astrology at all, but there are certain kind of zones or regions where yeah, I, don't, I, I don't follow this. So I'm completely clueless. So <laughs> you can just tell me whatever she said and, and, and did it work for you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it absolutely worked. So basically Costa Rica is a spot on the world where my chart is quite aligned. And so when I'm there, I really feel like myself. I feel like, like, like an amplified version of Interesting. myself. Well, and I do, and, I, and people do go and surf there. So you were saying you want to surf, right? Yeah, exactly. So okay, it yeah, worked out. got it. Um, okay, so besides that, like, what if that would have been really expensive? Though, I mean, because Costa, so I do luxury. So it's funny that you say you don't care about luxury, but I, I also do luxury. Um, I'm a travel agent, luxury travel mm-hmm. agent, and sure. uh, you know, Costa Rica is always on my 
radar because you can get you can get a lot for your money there. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. um, did you pick that because it wasn't as expensive besides your, what if, okay, let me back up. If she told you somewhere that was really expensive, would you have gone there or did it play into it that it is a, more affordable? It absolutely played into it that it's more affordable. Got it. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's, I love being able to, like one of my favorite trips has been to Vietnam where it's, you know, super affordable, you know, hotel is like maybe 30 bucks a night and it's great. And so oh, wow. having just like much more freedom for your dollar to go so much further when you're traveling, that's yes. a huge, I look at the, I look at the exchange rate whenever I'm traveling for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So did you rent a Airbnb and just, you know, buy groceries and kind of just do that whole thing? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So this is the thing that I want to talk about. So you know, for you, you figured out that you like adventure and you want your freedom. So I guess what are some other things that people are, if they're trying, they're just struggling to figure out, like, what do I really value? You know what you were saying, you know, know your why to why you're saving like if it be for college, but sometimes that can be boring, right? Like you're just kind of like, yeah, I'm (laughs) saving for college and I want to pay off my house. But like, you're talking like so many years down the road. Right. And that doesn't really feel exciting. Um, so yeah, your values may be, I don't want to have a mortgage and I do want to send my children to college. Uh, that could be your value, but like, what are some other things that you think could really help people narrow it down? Um, especially with trying to figure out their spending money, like their money that like they don't need it for the bills and they could just be wasting it on these little things that they don't even realize when they may actually want something over here. Like kind of like what you're saying, they may, they may want the adventure and freedom, but they're like over here spending it on all this random stuff, Mm -hmm. but don't even recognize Mm -hmm. that they want the adventure because they're not even thinking that big, I guess, right? Like they're just thinking like what's right in front of them. I want a coffee for the day. I want this t-shirt at Target. I want something, blah, blah, blah. And they're not thinking, oh, I I guess I could do this over here if I just stop spending this money. Any thoughts mm-hmm, on like mm-hmm. guiding people with this stuff? Yeah. You know, one thing that um I heard about a friend doing it and it you know really struck me as powerful was this exercise in if there's something that you, you know, you, you think you really love, but you feel kind of guilty about doing it, say it's like your, your morning latte or, you know, a certain restaurant you like going out. What he did was look, he calculated the amount that he spends on that for an entire year. So say this is like your, your meal kit home delivery service that you love, but you feel guilty. on. Calculate what that actually costs over the year. And then what, that what the alternative to doing that would be and if it's worth it to you so that then if you decide this is absolutely worth it it's this much money i like the alternative is roughly you know i'd save this much that dollar amount to me is not worth it you can then feel really good about that purchase mm, yeah. rather than have be feel guilt-ridden every time the box arrives or you get that latte the, the other way to do that is, you know, more forward thinking is just putting it into your budget, just factoring it. And as this is an expense that I love and I want to do every day. And so I'm, I'm just making sure that it works and I can still save the amount of money that I need to save each month. Cause so much of money is emotional. You know, there's people have so much guilt or, you know, feel bad about themselves or shame when they buy things. And that's what we want to avoid is we want to instead feel, you know, 
feel good about the decision that you're making, feel proud of yourself for having budgeted it in and then, then move forward, save money in other ways. Yeah. I like that. You know, when you're talking about, um, services or stuff like that. And listen, some people, their value may be time. So they're kind of like, whatever's going to save me on time so that I can spend time with the family or doing other things, working out and stuff like that, hiring a housekeeper, you know, so that you're not just cleaning your Mm -hmm. house all the time. It's Mm -hmm. like to really sit back and think, what do I want to do? Where are you in your season of life? You know, that like, you may want to do something, but you're like, okay, that doesn't really work. I have a two and four year old, right? Like to go do something and you you might have to work around school schedules and stuff like that. So I think it also changes as you are different seasons of your life and, and that can keep changing and evolving and whatnot. Um, I think the main point is it comes back to being intentional, thinking about how do you go about, you know, changing your spending patterns? What do you want to say for the non-fun things and the fun things? which kind of goes into my last point that I want to talk to you about. And it, and it does tie into you deciding to go to Costa Rica. And that's a fun thing. I think people could feel very discouraged that everything's going up in price that they're used to paying. And they had hopes and dreams to go do either travel Europe or, you know, go on a, an amazing cruise or buy a lake house or buy a house by the lake, buy a house by the ocean. I don't know what it is. It can range, you know, how big or small it may be, but you know, they may be feeling a little bit defeated. Like, okay, so how am I even going to do this now? You know, I can, it's like, everything's costing more. So what is your advice for those people that still are like, I want to do this later on in life. I, I, I want to have property and, you know, build on it someday or, you know, have chickens and whatever it may be. (laughs) What is your thoughts when everything's going up in price? I, and, and keeping that encouragement for, you know, people so that they don't just feel like, well, I guess I just need to give up on this because, you know, all my bills are just going to start adding up. Mm, Yeah. 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 The, I mean, let's see either. (laughs) you're either going to you know, get really have that goal in mind. And so you're going to get really strict on your spending right now so that you can save that amount of money in the future and live that dream exactly as it was before. The alternative is to get creative and think about that dream looking different than it was. You know, we're, we're entering a new world, I believe. I mean, I live in California. It's maybe a little different out here, but you know, is there a communal way to buy that land with those chickens and Mm. that lake house? Like, can you buy it with friends and do things in community with another family where, you know, now it's half the price and yes, you have to share it, but you also then share the, the responsibilities of tending the land or caring for the children. Like, are there, are there other ways of doing things that aren't the traditional, you know, very individualistic, very expensive ways of living? Yeah, that is a good point. Like how can you, or even with your family, like if your family um, went in on a house and then you guys just split the time and, you know, try to figure it out that way. I think a lot of times, especially as Americans, we think about doing everything independently. Like we don't think about doing things together. Um, (laughs) And so I love that you brought that up. Um, I know different cultures think about that all the time, doing it together, but Americans are just like, yes, we just do everything by ourselves. Everything like you don't think about (laughs) sharing stuff. You're just like, I, we all need to have our own tools and and whatnot. And so um, I do love that. Um, Okay. So we're at the, we're at the end of the show, but I wanted to ask you, is there anything that you wanted to add that we might've missed? 
Ooh, uh, we covered a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll save it for kind of our sharing our free resources. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, oh yeah. So just where you can find us uh, yeah. on dowjames.com. We have a ton of free resources. So, um, I mentioned our program that we work with people. It's called the million dollar year, but we also have a ton of free resources. So our YouTube channel or Instagram, where we're giving out you know, free advice and educational information. Um, and then the course, the thousand dollar month for increasing your income in this time of inflation can be really helpful. That's also on our website. And, um, what else? Oh, we do. If you are kind of interested in getting more in touch with your money and paying attention to your finances on the, you know, looking at your expenses and looking at it on a weekly basis, we do have a free weekly money ritual. So it's a way of kind of bringing a self-care element to taking care of your finances. And we have that, uh, that guide on our website as well. Awesome. All right. Well, this was so helpful. And I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes too, because that, that you had a lot of great resources. And so um, if you can't remember what Britt just said, just go to the show notes and then you can click it and get there easily. Britt, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was so much fun talking with you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to today's episode. To learn more on how to work with me, go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash coaching. See you there. 